Welcome to my podcast. This is the Dr. Raymond Havlicek podcast for Friday, the 25th of November. One day after Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. I did. We had chicken and stuffing, not turkey. Turkey's too expensive. Chicken was great, really good. And it was a very peaceful, quiet Thanksgiving for us. I hope it was for you. At any rate, today I'm going to sort of do a mopping up uh, exercise. There's lots of things on my mind, and there's not one single topic I want to address. So basically, now that the Republicans have 220 seats in the in the House of Representatives, uh, and the uh, Georgia election still is uh, has not been uh, finalized because of the runoff that's coming up. Um, and although I did notice this morning Walker was a little bit ahead of Warnock, um, I would like to see the governor do more to help uh, Walker, and I'd like to see DeSantis uh, also to come in and help Walker. Uh, wishful thinking, perhaps. But at any rate, there's a lot of things on my list for, for this morning. And now that the Republicans have some control in, in this uh, uh, crazy government that we have right now, uh, this is, I'm going to talk a little bit about my, my wish list. Um, the first thing that uh, I think is really important is I think that the woke culture is itself really all about putting capitalism on trial. I think that capitalism is on trial. If you look at how the votes uh, went down this most recent election, young people under the age of 35, they all voted left. They voted Democrat. Very few voted uh, conservative. That's because they have been subject to Marxist professors in college that have tried to brainwash them into thinking that capitalism is unfair and inequitable. Um, and that the only answer is Marxism or socialism or communism, for that matter. Um, so capitalism is on trial. And along those, that line, I think this issue of capitalism being on trial goes all the way back to the Great Depression. Because going back to the Depression, we know that following the stock market crash in 1929, the United States economy went into a tailspin. And uh, I believe uh, the stock market sold off over 25 percent. Um, and uh, the gross domestic product of the United States plunged. Unemployment went up to 25%. Um, the German government in the 1920s uh, had um, a lot of IOUs to America uh, in bonds, and um, more so than I think any of the other Western countries, so that when the stock market collapsed and the economy went uh, into a tailspin. Of course, they had to default on those loans, and the rest is history. Um, but um, FDR, you know, he he uh, expropriated uh, Americans' private holdings of gold, um, and uh, he hated uh, corporate America, but needed them. Um, and uh, FDR uh, believed that the answer to the Depression um, was more government, bigger government, and more government. And um, so um, the, the message that FDR sent, I think, has uh, resonated and stuck with Americans uh, ever since the Great Depression. And that is capitalism is not to be trusted fully. And that the answer to the inequities and unfairness of, of capitalism, the answer to that is, is more uh, government uh, socialism, uh, more government jobs, more government uh, 
control of the economy. So we can see that happening right now with healthcare and energy in particular, the two big areas uh, in which the government is playing an increasingly more powerful uh, and influential role. Uh, everyone's got to buy um, uh, an electric car now, right? Because the price of gas is so high. Well, it's been engineered to be really high by the Biden administration that says only electric vehicles can solve the uh, climate, so-called climate crisis of the of the world. Meanwhile, uh, it's all virtue signaling because 90% of the energy that is produced for electric vehicles comes from fossil fuels, not to mention the slave labor in China that produces a lot of the parts that go into electric engines and the the uh, rare earth materials that uh, must be bind to, to make these lithium ion batteries. Um, so uh, yes, FDR started this and along these lines, I've always been really fascinated with the depression because <clears throat> my understanding of the depression is quite different than FDR's. Uh, my understanding is that the government's meddling in the economy actually really prolonged the depression. There were lots of attempts uh, made by the banks and, and uh, industry to get out of the depression. But um, actually what happened is that the monetary policy that the, that the FDR uh, administration followed, uh, which increased interest rates significantly, uh, shrank the money supply. And without any money, uh, the country was, was cast into a deep depression. So here you have, have the government not trusting capitalism, choking off the money supply. Of course, the money supply needed to be replenished due to the crash in the stock market. Um, the crash in the stock market that occurred in 1929 uh, was largely due to the amount of financing going on in buying stocks. There were really very few limitations on the amount of money you could borrow to buy stocks. And of course, during the 20s, there was a spending spree on the stock market, and uh, it was all on borrowed money so that when the cracks started to appear in the financial situation, and the calls to repay the debts increased and people couldn't repay it. People were jumping out of windows, folks. So the answer uh, to this was a government um, that, that uh, run by Democrats that had the view uh, that capitalism was the problem. So they were going to replace capitalism with the government. So we had the Works Progress Administration and other government jobs that uh, put people to work and building things. But meanwhile, the United States stayed in a depression until well into World War II. And uh, so the uh, reality is, and you can read Milton Friedman on this issue, uh, the reality is, is the government's meddling with interest rates uh, to protect the dollar, because that was what they wanted to do, is to control the dollar and to control gold. Uh, because those would be the instruments of power that the government could use to control the, the, the country. Um, that, as it turned out, uh, really sustained the depression, deepened the depression. And it wasn't until the spending that occurred in World War II that the United States began to come out of the depression. We're still left to this day with that same feeling. So the left in this country hates uh, uh, the free enterprise system, and uh, they've targeted small businesses. Uh, we know this for a fact that the, the government is basically colluding with corporate America to pr uh, push its woke uh, corporatist globalist agenda. 
at the expense of small businesses throughout the country. Small businesses, uh, by the way, folks, employ 70, over 70 percent of the of the people in this country. The small businesses are very, very important, and they're run by people that are very independent minded, usually conservative people that believe it, that they're going to make or break their lives by their hard work and their commitment and their investment. And so they want the government off their backs. And of course, these are the very people that have succeeded in America. And with this uh, administration, they're being targeted and being put out of business uh, because everyone should become an employee of Uncle Sam. Uh, so uh, don't kid yourself, folks. Uh, uh, capitalism is on on trial in the United States but so are the lies of the Biden administration, okay, uh, that uh, they're doing something about inflation. Well, they caused inflation. So they never mentioned that. They never mentioned the fact that, look, we made a mistake, folks. We never should have closed the Keystone pipeline and we should never have stopped the drilling for oil and the production of oil, which has sent the uh, price of oil skyrocketing. No, they don't say that. They just say that they're actually doing something about it. Well, what have they done about it? They've taken uh, oil out of the strategic petroleum reserve to try to push prices down, but it didn't work, folks. We just have less oil for an emergency, but we have higher gas prices. So that's on my list of things that are important for the uh, Republicans to deal with. Then we have the issue, folks, of the January 6th so-called alleged insurrectionists that are still in jail awaiting trial. These are political prisoners that are being denied their constitutional rights to a fair trial, a free and fair trial. And they're still rotting away in jail. Why? Because President Biden is in office, not the Republicans. Okay, then we have this election that turned out to be a disappointment for Republicans because there was no red wave. I've done some podcasts on this subject, and the sum and substance of what I've been suggesting about this is the reason we didn't do better is because we, as Republicans and conservatives, uh, uh, are not good at messaging. The Democrats, for whatever you think about them and their messages, are terrific at it. Number one, they circle the wagon. They're all unified with one another. Okay? They don't fight among themselves, not in public. Number two, they come out with an agenda. Oh, we're going to pay off your student loans. We're going to make health care more affordable. We are going to end climate change. Get an electric car and uh, the world's temperature will begin to go down again. That's their messaging. They, they, they're going to they're protect democracy. Okay, they're going to protect democracy. They're going to ensure uh, justice for uh, minority voters who are being, uh, according to the Democrats, harmed uh, by uh, Republicans who are trying to prevent them allegedly from voting. Can you believe that, folks? What do the Republicans do? The Republicans sat around and complained about inflation. They complained about Biden, but they didn't tell the country what they were going to do. As a result, we had a lackluster uh, uh, election right now as, the, as things stand. We have 220 uh, Republicans in the House of Representatives, two more than we need for a majority, not 30 more, but two more. Okay. And the uh, disposition of the Senate is still up in arms, the most we, uh, up in, uh, in the air, I should say. Uh, the best we can do is a 50-50 deal if uh, Walker gets elected in, um, uh, in Georgia. 
Uh, so we, we didn't do that great, folks. And I think that the reason we didn't do so great is we did a lousy job in selling um, uh, our agenda. And I think that's got to improve a lot between now and 2024. We're going to lose that election. Um, we got to believe in what the people want. And the people want uh, less inflation. They want to be able to afford food and gasoline. They want good jobs. They want health insurance. And the Republicans are uniquely in a position to enhance the private uh, enterprise of this country by lowering taxes and lowering regulations. We could be so successful if we would only get that message out. And we, we do a lousy job of it. Um, OK, so climate change in China. Think about that, folks. Biden goes to the to uh, talk to China. What does he talk? with them about. He doesn't say to them, you know what, if you attack Taiwan, we're going to defend Taiwan. What he does is he goes to China and begs them to join the uh, the party uh, with regard to climate change, whereas China is the world's largest polluter. And they're still building dozens of, of, of coal-fired power plants. And they're not being asked to pay any money to uh, recom- to compensate those uh, poor countries in the world that, according to Biden, are being hurt by climate change. So the the big bad uh, uh, idea is uh, in the success of the industrial West, because the West has succeeded in capitalism and and industrial production. Uh, we're asked to now be punished, and China, in rather than contributing money to poor countries, they're they're, they're claiming. That China is a developing country, so they need to receive money from America. They want America and our taxpayers to actually pay China because they're a developing nation. It's incredible. And 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 Biden uh, goes over there to talk about climate change. It just makes me think, what do the Chinese have on Biden? Okay, the the, the Biden crime family has has done many millions of dollars worth of deals with the Chinese Communist Party. So you have to ask yourself, why Why is Biden so weak in dealing with uh, China and climate change? Then we have the issue of Hunter Biden and the FBI. Now, that's just incredible. Why is there no special prosecutor looking into Hunter Biden and his dealings using the power of the presidency and the vice presidency to gain more and more wealth for the Biden family? Well, I think the answer to that is because Joe Biden is president. They don't want an investigation of this. But I think that, to be honest with you, I think that the dominoes are ready to fall. I think Biden is really in trouble in this area because I think that once the Republicans take charge in the House, they're going to start doing major uh, investigations and Yes, some of those investigations will be known to the people because they'll be so inflammatory and so dramatic that not even the Marxist uh, pro-democratic press will be able to stop uh, reporting on it. Okay, another thing that we have, and as I said at the beginning of today's podcast, is I'm just going through my list of things that I think that the Republicans have to deal with is gender-affirming treatment for children. Now, I've taken a very strong position against this. I've mentioned it on Facebook, and I've mentioned this in my podcast, that I think it should be a crime for for any child under the age of 18 to be given gender-affirming surgery or medical treatment. 
And the reason for this is it's complicated, but it's very simple. I don't believe that children can make up their minds intelligently and rationally about this, number one. Number two, there are lots of people who have had gender-affirming surgery, so-called gender-affirming surgery and medical treatment, um, the results of which are largely irreversible, who later on, at once they're adults, realize they were brainwashed into having it and regret the fact that they've done it. Number three, the suicide rate among people who have gender dysphoria, that is people who are uh, confused and upset about their biological uh, gender, uh, they have a very high suicide rate, many times higher than the normal population. And there's no evidence that pr providing gender-affirming uh, surgery and medical treatment lowers that suicide rate. You've got to, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I am a clinical psychologist and I know I'm in a minority as far as the psychiatric uh, community is concerned and the American Psychological Association, they're all, they're all big believers in this. Well, I'm sorry, folks. I don't think you can ask a child under the age of 18 to make up their mind about something that is so impacting as surgery and medical treatment for their biological sex. Um, and given the fact that so many have come forward and saying it was a mistake and they're devastated by the mistake, once they become adults, I think it should be outlawed. And I believe in Florida, uh, DeSantis has succeeded in outlawing it. I, tr I totally support outlawing uh, gender uh, affirming surgery and medical treatment for people under the age of 18. Okay, then let's see what else is on my, my, uh, my hit list. <laughs> it's not really my hit list. It's my shit list, I should say. Um, our failing public school system. We're 28th in the world and China is number one. How are we going to win against China if China produces all the highly educated scientists and, and technologists and, and, uh, and uh, computer specialists and astronauts and whatnot in the future? How are we going to do that? Our school system uh, is, is circling the drain, folks. It's real simple. Socialized education is a failure. There's a growing trend in the United States for parents to be given their tax, school tax money back so the parents can spend that money where they want to spend it in private education to get their kids the quality education they need to successfully compete. We're 28th in the world in math and science and literacy. Uh, the United States is failing. It's as simple as that. I, the Republicans have to deal with this issue. They have to tackle this. Okay, then we have the Trump special prosecutor sham. So as you all know, Garland has has uh, uh, got on television and said that he's appointed a special prosecutor to investigate one six and Mar-a-Lago, the Mar-a-Lago uh, raid. Okay, he he claimed that the reason why he appointed a special prosecutor was to depoliticize the issue. Oh, he wants to stay out of it by appointing a special prosecutor that will investigate and depoliticize the issue. You know what I say, baloney. Number one, Mar Merrick Garland can appoint a, a special prosecutor all he wants. The reality is he and Biden are the ones that wanted this. 
in order to put more pressure on Trump so he doesn't run again in 2024. But here's the mind-blowing thing. The the special prosecutor that he appointed, his wife is a major donor to the Democratic Party. So, Mr. Garland, where has your emphasis on depoliticizing the investigating of investigation of Trump gone. It's as political as can be because you appointed a, po- a prosecutor who's in bed with you and the rest of your party. So that's what I have to say about that. Then we have the border and immigration. Now get this, guys and women. Schumer says we need a growing population in justification of the administration's obvious dereliction of the law and duty at the southern border. We've had two million come into this country already. That's at a record-setting pace, and there's somewhere north of 600,000 gotaways that are not included in that two million figure. So we've probably had somewhere between five and 12 million illegals come into this country since Biden has been in office. During the Trump administration, the number of illegals entering the country was one-tenth of what's going on. And if he was able to finish his project with the the wall, uh, we wouldn't be having this problem right now. But uh, Schumer says that um, we need the growing population because the birth rate in the United States is, is, is too low. But, you know, folks, think about this for a second. Schumer lets 100,000 Americans die every year from fentanyl uh, overdoses. 100,000. In addition to wanting abortion, 600,000 babies are killed every year. Put those two numbers together, we could have 700,000 more Americans every year if we just dealt with the border and abortion. Now, folks, I, my, my, my view on abortion is, yes, I am pro-life, but I'm also pro-democracy. So I believe the Supreme Court decision has turned the issue of abortion back to the states and the people can decide for themselves. You want to kill babies? Go ahead. Make it the law. You don't want to kill babies? You should outlaw abortion. But the reality is we have 100,000 people dying in this country every year from substance abuse over uh, overdoses. And Schumer wants to tell us that's the, the, the reason we need to let the borders be a, an open sieve um, to illegal immigration is because we don't have enough people uh, being born in the United States. Folks, did you know that this year alone, 100 persons on the terrorist watch list came to the southern border? They're coming from over 120 different countries. It's not just Central America and South America. They're coming from 120 countries. Many of them are in the Middle East. How many of these people want to do harm to the United States? Okay, two more issues. Number one, our military is being made weak. We're being weakened by the woke policies of the administration being forced upon our soldiers. Instead of increasing the number of airplanes, ships, and the size of our military, no one wants to join our military. And the reason no one wants to join it is a couple of reasons. Number one, the uh, mind control policies of the administration on our troops. No one wants to have their political beliefs and religious beliefs attacked by the woke policies of the administration. And second of all, frankly, the situation that men are in in this country. Men have been under attack 
gender, male gender has been under attack in this country for many, many years, largely fomented by the activist left in this country that hates traditional men. 70% of the country is obese. So the country just does not have enough eligible men to join our military. So this is just great, folks. The United States is going to be challenged by China that has millions of men in their armed forces ready to do battle with us. The final issue I want to bring up is Ukraine. And uh, this is a quote from a great article, opinion piece in today's New York Post on the subject, because generally speaking, the Democrats have it right about Ukraine. It's one of the few things I agree with that they're doing. If we don't stop Russia and Ukraine, it's going to be World War III. Russia will not stop with Ukraine. So here's here's the quote. What is more likely to keep American troops out of harm's way than to make sure a vicious opponent of the United States cannot win a war that opponent began? Arming the Ukraines to push Putin back is not just a gamble. It has already worked. It is one of the reasons why the Ukrainians have had such success on the ground and why Putin is in retreat. Folks, that is so true, what I just said. American foreign policy in this respect towards Ukraine, as problematic as it was in its inception, is actually working. Putin is losing the war and some in the Republican Party want to give Putin a victory when he's in retreat. That is a crazy, crazy uh, non-starter for uh, uh, the next election. The Republicans better get their act in gear about that because that will be used against Republicans by the time of the next presidential election. Thanks for listening, folks. This is the Dr. Raymond Havlicek podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace. God bless America. God help the people of Ukraine. 